Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 353rd show is Rebecca Wiley, Marketing Director for Iowa Masonic, will be talking to us about Iowa Masonic and the William Bettendorf Mansion. Our history buffs for today are Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. Ed, why don't you start us off? Thanks again, Jay. Um, Rebecca, you mentioned that uh, Bettendorf, William Bettendorf died before this mansion was completed, but it wasn't very long um, that the family had to give it up. Um, and do you know more about that? Uh, because I happen to know that uh, at one point, Dred Scott's owner, Dr. John Emerson, this is back in the 1840s, had a similar type of thing happen where he was going, he had land here and he's going to build this really nice house. And then he fell on hard times. And, you know, it, the whole thing just kind of fell through. Did, do you have a sense of, in a broader sense, of how often this kind of thing happened? Or what Bettendorf's specifics uh, what happened to the family finances that they couldn't hang on to this place? Um, you know, nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, the I'm not sure about the finances of William. I mean, he was him and his brother had the railroad entrepreneur. They had the um, Bettendorf Foundry. That was the company that they owned, which is down there on the railroad. And Joseph basically took over that after William died, and he was the one who ran the business and. I'm not sure why they sold the mansion to the Masons in 1925, other than William's stepson, Oscar, was a Mason himself. So, And, and so um, is it fair to say that maybe that William Bettendorf's vision for this thing was just too big and the rest of them were just kind of like, you know, this is way more than what we would have wanted? I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Um, when William Bettendorf passed away in 1910, the town honored him, and they actually renamed the town of Gillespie, Iowa, to Bettendorf, Iowa, after William Bettendorf. Um, so maybe they felt that that was a way to honor him versus having a, his large house still. And and Ed, I'll, I'll venture another possibility. Maybe the house was just too big because they didn't sell it immediately. They kept mm -hmm. it in the family, so it wasn't that they couldn't afford the house. Maybe Mrs. Bettendorf just was a little intimidated walking around a twenty, however many wow. room mansion, and uh, you know, by herself or whatever, and and just because that's an interesting. It's an interesting question because I've done enough. That's this is one of my sort of things is going to mansions and looking at architecture and all this kind of stuff. And the number of ways that mansions functioned are amazing. Remember we had the, um, the Minnesota, yeah. the Scandinavian museum, which is in the, the mansion of a Minnesota of a Swedish uh, entrepreneur in newspapers. He built a mansion a spectacular, gigantic, bigger than the Bettendorf, much bigger than the Bettendorf right. family. Times. Yeah, never actually set foot in the place other than one party. He built it as a status symbol. That's all it was. You were supposed to have a residence on this part of town. He had no interest in living that way, 
that lifestyle, built it, furnished it, maintained it, and then lived in a two-room apartment above the the printing press, uh, you know, factory that that he was running as his, you know. So there are all sorts of weird permutations that go into some of these buildings. That's why I said it would be very fascinating, you know, what you wouldn't give right. for for somebody to you know to have a diary to talk about. You know what was what was going on, and what did Mrs. Bettendorf? What was she thinking? Was she just tired? Did she want to go somewhere well, else? Be next to family? You know, all of that would be fascinating stuff. Let's let's take a little personal story in a much smaller scale. We have a a friend of ours who built a pretty nice large house because this person wanted it. The other person in this person's life did not. <laughs> and we hear about what once every nine days about <laughs> right. the discussion about how the one house was built and the other person doesn't want it. Now, this is a nice house, but it isn't the Bettendorf's. I think it would be quite hysterical. With but, but it's still one of those situations <laughs> yeah. where she's standing over the grave going, I told you not to build this. <laughs> I never wanted a damn thing to do with this. And, and you was, had the nerve to die on me on top of and it, it. And it would seem unlikely that she was haunted by memories. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, apparently not. That's enough. exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, just Terry, you got a question? Actually, I, yes, I. Well, I'll try and confine it to one uh, big that's one. Fine. But, but first question: Are there any photos uh, from that time period of the home? Mm-hmm. Great because question. when you when you talk about uh, the architecture and the two wings, it. Re- Got brought back to mind in Whitley Bay. There's a, a manor home, an English manor home called uh, Del- Delaval Hall. And the way it was built was when people would come up in their carriages, they'd circle the fountain, the ladies or the gentlemen would be dropped off at the front staircase, and then you go into the beautiful foyer and see the grand staircase in front of you. Um, so I can imagine that maybe the grounds included all of that, that lovely circular drive with the fountain in the middle. Um, so are there any photos available? And then lastly, in real relationship to photos, I read online that they put up uh, Mrs. Bettendorf's portrait back up in the house, and there's a little story about that. Oh. Yes. Okay. So we don't have any photos of the outside grounds. The one photo that we have is of the mansion itself before the sanitarium was built onto it in 2027, 20, and it only shows half of the fountain that was there. I don't, we don't see a driveway or any way to come up to that. Um, in our entrance into the mansion now where the receptionist actually sits uh, there is a bookcase and there's old photos of each room in that bookcase but that's of the inside of the property versus the outside of the property we have two pictures that hang one is of Mr. Bettendorf and it talks about all of his entrepreneurships and everything that he was known for when you first walk in in the director of HR's office hangs the photo of Mrs. Bettendorf. That was actually found by one of our previous directors and she found that upstairs and brought that photo downstairs and hung it on the wall. And then she decided to take it down for whatever reason and then some unexplained things started to happen in the mansion and she quickly put that picture back (laughs) on the wall because, Uh you know, some unexplained things were happening and it was mainly, I think, just some motion detectors were going off when the mansion was alarmed at night when everyone was gone 
So now it's kind of the running joke that that's where Mrs. Bettendorf's picture hangs and that's where she'll stay so that everything wow. is quiet. Wow. A Quad City ghost story. You, you know, <laughs> Halloween's around the corner. <laughs> uh, so another question, a little bit back to the brothers. Um, were they trained engineers? I mean, did they have, to your knowledge, uh, a university degree when they were in Europe? Or were they kind of maybe Henry Fordish gentlemen who were working, discovered these things that would work and create the patents from there? Um, I don't know the answer to that. The historian may know the answer to that. I've never heard. Never heard. Okay. All right. Ed, do we have another question? Okay, Terry, you said you had you have many. Well, about the photos, <laughs> sure. um, because I, I think that's very interesting to be able to see what it was like back then, and perhaps replicate. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you, when you mentioned earlier that there was only four original pieces of furniture in there, um, how did you go about replicating or bringing in some of the vintage furniture, or perhaps paintings? I don't know if there's Tiffany stain work glass or. So my understanding is the furniture and the paintings that hang on the wall have been donations from over the years. So I would assume that that was back from when the Masons had everything and when they were building the sanitarium. In the actual library of the mansion, we still utilize that room as the library. And it's got a big, beautiful, sprawling fireplace and original bookcases around that fireplace and around the entire room. But the books in the bookcases have all been donations from over the years as well. We also have stuff upstairs in bedrooms, quilts and stuff like that, that families have brought in that their loved one lived in the nursing facility and they wanted to donate that. So we have that on beds upstairs. There's also some Masonic Bibles upstairs as well from different headmasters. So Rebecca, I'm going to ask, maybe I'm going to get the last question here. Um, are there other places like this that the the Masons have run? Is this part of a network of Masonic uh, sanatoriums or or um, elder care facilities or whatever? Is that something that that they were doing all over, or was this pretty unique? There's a sister property in Iowa, in Perry, Iowa that is like this but is not connected to a mansion but it's the nursing center and it's what we call a full continuum of care has independent living assisted living long-term care and memory care so the masons are very involved in health care and they want to um, provide for people and they want to uh, give back to the community there's also some masonic facilities in different states but i don't know that those are connected to us okay we would like to thank our guests for the 353rd show, Rebecca Wiley, Marketing Director for Iowa Masonic, who talked to us about Iowa Masonic and the William Bettendorf Mansion. The history bus for today's show were Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search to find ROI. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.